13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I'm your moderator, B. Jones, and here I'm with BJ with the Marcus Garvey shirt on, baby. Still representing. What's happening? Hey, man. We good. Marcus Garvey had to represent today. I got a lot of crazy looks from the people. Like, like. Mel is 10. Say something. <laughs> Please, let me educate. Not, I'm, not right. in Africa. I'm standing right here in your face. No, that's right. Lenny, know that. Jiggy J. Dace, what's happening, baby? What's going on, fellas? How we doing? We good, man. How are you? Hey, man. Super fantastic. <laughs> Super beautiful day in paradise. Light it on. <laughs> <laughs> Mike D, what's going on? Uh, I'm chilling. <laughs> the after pre-call. Yeah, that's a long day. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> check that water bottle, man. Yeah. Be fresh. What's happening, baby? You know what time it is. We are out here. We are live and direct, and we are ready to go, America. Are you ready? I know you are. We are here, tuned in. Let's get it. Let's get it, man. Anything on the Fresh Chronicles this past weekend? Um, Nothing too amazing. The other weekend, I actually went out and had the opportunity to film my uh, godson play a little basketball, uh, and we actually um, – I filmed three games. In the, in the third game, we actually uh, just walked off the court because the refs were pretty horrific. I was recording, so it really wasn't me necessarily walking off the court, but I was recording the team, and then, like, there was a bunch of bad calls and big buildup and stuff was going on, and then there was a technical foul that came on, and then after the technical, they were supposed to get a ball back to us, but then the ref had forgot, and then when we even asked, like, hey, bro, you don't remember the, 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 the foul that you called, but then because we were upset that you called the foul, that that got the tech, that then got them shooting free throws, but you still supposed to bring it back to us, and he decided not, nah, so then we walked off the court. So that was the interesting thing that happened that we had to just forfeit the whole wow. tournament. They're only about 10 years old, but, you know, it's a life lesson. <laughs> they, they, they need to play a lot stronger regardless. So there were many lessons that were taken in that uh, weekend of basketball. So that was what was going down. They call it Texas 10-year-old basketball? <laughs> right. Bro, like, what bro. are we doing? Did he first throw the off, ball at the ref? <laughs> first off, don't get it twisted. These youngins, it is very interesting to watch how advanced these young kids are and really what is going on. I'm, I'm seeing Euro steps and, and drop steps and, and step backs and, and killer crossovers. Yeah. And, yeah, man, yeah. It's, don't, don't get it twisted. Yeah. They, are, they are starting them very young and are – extremely advanced for what I remember doing when I was 10 years old. Hmm. And you got to get them with the tech at 10. That's bad. So were they winning before y'all walked off the court or was this like... <laughs> oh, no, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, that it was actually... Um, I will say that that other team had tremendous defense. They uh, were running a full court press that was pretty dominant. Um, they definitely had to... We had to go back and watch some tape. Uh, most definitely, as it was a vicious, vicious cycle of steal after steal after steal after steal. They were definitely up by 20 points. Um, we started to come back in the second. They were up by 20 points. It's two halves. They were up by 21 at the halftime. We started to come back, and actually my, my godson started hitting. I think he hit three threes, hit a jumper, went to the line. Like, we was coming back, and then all of a sudden the craziness ensued, and the tech got called, and, yeah, man, it just turned into something else. Wow. 
but there was no violence. And, and the good thing, the, the funny but good thing is that even with us saying we were walking off the court, there was still good sportsmanship between the two teams. And it was more of a consensus that the referees were just trash, but they still, you know, shook hands, gave fives and everything. And then we walked off the court and left. So it wasn't a, um, there was good sportsmanship in that sense of, you know, they still weren't ignorant and, and didn't just do anything crazy. But with the bad calls, they definitely decided that um, it was time to go. So we left. That's deep. Damn. Well, there it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I had a pretty good week. Emotional. Huh? <laughs> I said I know it get you emotional. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I had a really good weekend though. I got to spend some time in South Florida, well, Central and South Florida this weekend. We flew into um, Fort Lauderdale and got to hang out with uh, with Chris's family, see her grandfather and stuff in uh, Palm Beach. And I actually met a real live African American Trump supporter. It was like seeing a freaking unicorn, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Did it make your head hurt? Yeah, there's there's quite a few of them out there, especially in the Palm Beach area. It's crazy. I wish we could have got into how or why he was um, a supporter, but he. Those are always the worst conversations, really, though, because you always it just always boils down to some stuff that you're just looking at them, but you really just bypass everything that you're seeing and you want to resonate on this one weird. But we're doing, you know, we want to be anti-government, you know. Somebody (laughs) new who's trying it, you know. He's a businessman. He's a businessman, though. We should be a business. Man. <laughs> All man. of that. All of that. So it was definitely very interesting, man. I look forward to having that How conversation. How did you find out that he was a Trump supporter? You didn't, yeah, go, you didn't really dig into it. Exactly. He, was he wasn't going to it. So we was having breakfast um, at the breakfast table. And then somehow or another, it just came up in the conversation. I was excited. I was ready to have a conversation and, you know, just get there. But I had to do some things. Um, so I was trying to come back to it, but we were just so busy. I could never really pick his brain on what exactly. exactly. So he just came out and said, I support Trump. Pass the biscuits. <laughs> 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 Pretty much. He was he was a little upset, actually, because, um, you know, he, he because he was a supporter, he wasn't allowed to really speak in the house. You know, it was her um, one of her family members that was staying with him. So, you know, yeah, that was, he was like, nah, nah, they don't let me talk about it in the house, so I don't want to, you know, get oh, into it. Go I don't want to get put out. No, yeah, that's the real thing, though. Like, politics will separate oh, really? a family. You know, it politics, is. Things, politics, religion, and some other things. Right? You know what I mean? But, no, but no. here's the thing, man. I feel like we got to take a Trevor Noah approach to this thing, man. I love Trevor Noah for all of his insights off the camera or off the recording or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's really interesting for me when I am able to have these conversations with these individuals just right, to right. kind of like give them that sideways look that Fresh is looking at the camera right now. It's like, <laughs> you really think like this? I think, I think um, one of the great pieces of American history that is missing is debate. I think that people don't understand and know how to debate and have, uh, you know, opposing sides. Intelligent conversation. Yeah. They'll understand how to walk away without it being violent, but being okay with, we we agree to disagree. That I think that is one of the lost art forms in our our society right now is people, if if it becomes a a debate, it becomes an argument and it becomes, you know, something more than it needs to be. It, they're, they're, but for that, for that to happen, most people aren't grounded themselves outside of just popular opinion or what they believe they've heard to have that conversation to defend their own side. So yes, when you sir. have 
J-Days is just missing um, politics and religion. So a lot of people just believe one thing because that's what they hear or that's what the media has let them believe. They don't have a grounding in whatever their stance is. That's just because it's popular or because you're, I mean, we assume so that the, the assumption here is because you're black, you shouldn't support Trump, right? So, and that's it. But do we have round, do we have a, a comeback to combat whatever they're gonna say? Not just look at them crazy and sideways or just like, you know you're not supposed to do that, right? But why? And most people can't even defend their own reasoning and justification for that. So I agree with you that debate that's a lost art form to have intelligent conversation, not just by hearsay and yep. just yep. by what the media feeds you and all this other stuff, man. It's crazy. It's easier, it's easier to allow somebody else to think for you. You know what I mean? As opposed to you having to sit down and actually think for yourself or uh, you just, it's so many, so many times like we share stuff on Facebook or whatever case I have, you share stuff without actually clicking on a link and see what we're actually sharing. You know what I mean? So like we you sharing fake news or fake information. And, or a virus. Right, 100%, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think a lot of people, uh, I say that a lot of people have quote unquote facts and not enough opinions, you know what I mean? And I think that when you can start sharing your opinions and not so much the facts you just gun hold believe is true, then uh, that's when you have that debate and you open to interpretation. Right. Right. So hopefully we'll be able to have that conversation sometime soon. I'm going to call Uncle Lyle and see if we can't get him on. Uh, hey, bring him on. Actually, hey, that would actually be dope. That'd be interesting. Exactly. That was my that was my goal. But again, it was a busy weekend, man. We had to <clears throat> excuse me. We had to get on the road to drive over to Orlando because one of my neos got married this weekend. Shout out to Reggie and Mayling. Went ahead and uh, jumped that jumped the broom, tied the knot and everything. And Mike. The Johnny Carter sighting. At the way, Johnny Carter. What? John Carter had to pick that bro up from the airport, drove him over to the wedding. He was uh, there, kind of not there, but he was there in the yeah, vicinity. I'm about to say, <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> he actually lives here, man. He live in Bowie, not too far away. Yeah, he wow. I had I knew he was up in the area, but he move around so much and do so much with the yeah, military. It's hard to. You know, peg him. You know, he go from one pro degree program to the next. You know, military. Man, that, man, that, that man forever in somebody's school, man. I like I got, got hats off to him. But you, when you know Johnny back in there, like you about to go do what? I met Johnny on the dance floor. <laughs> really? Johnny on the dance floor. Well, he do be getting down now. Like, look, look was this we, before look. he stopped drinking? Or yeah, this was this was back in the day. This was like yeah. two. Like this might have been '99, Jack. Like, yeah, I'm talking about real raw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it was him, man. And Corey right behind him, so it didn't make at that point in time. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, but now Corey was out there too, man. It was a great time seeing the bros. Mike, you missed out. <clears throat> Working on it. Got to get there. Uh, but the wedding was amazing, man. Nice, quaint, simple um, ceremony and everything. It was probably the quickest. Uh, nuptial ceremony I've ever seen. It was in and out of that thing in like 15 minutes. We was into the cocktail hour and uh, the reception. It was crazy. That's what it should be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but even uh, there, there was one thing. <laughs> the money? <laughs> you paid for the venue, so you got it for how long you got it for. You got to take advantage of all of that. But there was one thing that came at the wedding. Um, actually, two things. We'll get into the second one in a minute. But uh, it was crazy because there was this like five-year-old kid there. And this was during like the cocktail hour or whatever. They had already done the nuptials. And we were getting ready to go into the reception. And this young man, 
is walking with this uh, one of the chairs. And he's like two feet tall, walking with this chair, like struggling. And I'm looking at him, I was like, well, where's your dad? Where's your mom or whatever? <clears throat> and he's like, not saying much because I'm a stranger. So, you know, stranger danger, don't talk to me or whatever. But he's struggling trying to carry this chair to wherever he wants to take it. I think he wanted to be down in the cocktail area where they serving the drinks and all the adults were and stuff. But he wanted to bring his own chair to the groove and sit it down. And so as he's walking down there and I'm like, man, do you need some help? Cause I'm seeing him struggling. He's like, he will not let me grab this chair at all. Like determined to get it all the way from point A to point B, which is probably like 20 or 30 feet away. And so, you know, we walk it over there and I kind of help him along the way, but he's determined to get it there. And we finally get it there. And, you know, he's trying to set it up his own way where he wants it. And he sets it up, he sits in it and it's like, all right, cool. Mission accomplished. Now let's get to the party. And that was it. And so when I'm looking at it and I'm just simply amazed by the determination of this five-year-old and it, it kind of paralleled some of the things that I felt like I've gone through recently. And it was just like a, um, like an epiphany or just like a miracle in front of you, like a, a tangible showing of what you actually go through. Because if you're determined enough as you're going through a process and you're working and trying to get somewhere, there's always a helping hand to kind of get you there. And even if you, you know, want to do it yourself, there's somebody that's going to meet you on that path and kind of help guide you along the way. And I think that I've run into that, you know, several times along the process, I outlined the, the, the cannabis thing last week where that shows up. So it was, it was touching for me to be shown that at the wedding and um, you know, yeah, hats off to that young man. Pay attention to your life. Got to man. hundred percent, man. hundred percent. Always watch for the signs and don't be too scared to take, the help that is provided. Right. Or too stupid. What another. Yeah, man. But one of the other things that comes back to the whole wedding piece is something that I guess I just got familiar with, thanks to Carol who couldn't be with us tonight. Hopefully he jumps in maybe at some point or not. But this whole concept of the yoke, um, and being yoked together in this in this marriage thing and the importance of it. So I'm going I'm to lean on BJ and Mike since I'm not all the way there yet, you know, and I'm in training or whatever. But how important <laughs> is this? Whole so this goes right along with people being productive and being productive and growing in their relationship. And a lot of the, the head back, head butts that people have throughout the years. I, I'm firm believer in this because, again, I tr try to be as transparent in everything that we do. Um, Gina and I have been through, and this topic has come up many times in the past before. Like, a lot of people don't know we were together for, we've been together now for 14 years. We've only, and on the 18th of this month, only be three years we've been married. Hmm. Uh, and a lot of that time, of, that BJ plan. There we go. <laughs> so but and again but it goes back to the idea of being equally equally yoked in that situation because um and it's funny this came up because one of the things i was having a conversation a while back because this specifically was a and and i try not to go too much religion stuff but this was one of the things that i heard years ago growing up um in a sermon um, pastor, the pastor Atkins back home and go to Leaf Baptist Church in Ohio. Like I remember growing up, and I don't remember half the things. Probably I don't remember ninety percent of the stuff that was preached from the pulpit. 
is it one summer that one day and I was nowhere near a relationship or nothing serious, but talk about being equally yoked, right? And how a lot of relationships were falling apart, um, the concept of divorce, um, and just people weren't even naturally compatible, but they were trying to make it work because they wanted to make it work, but not thinking long-term and not willing to put in the work after we said I do, right? Um, but a lot of it, a lot of it came down to, and, and I hate, I honestly, honestly hate when people say we, we grew out of love. I, I personally, I understand what they're saying. I just don't like to hear that because that tells me there was some type of um, lack of pursuing what was from the beginning. Yeah, it sounds like I, at some point it got to be like there was a problem that just kind of like grew and grew and grew. It was never really addressed. And so essentially you quote unquote grow out of love. Right. Or you grow apart, you know what I mean? If you, if you don't, if y'all, either way, you're growing, you know, as individuals. And if you're not growing together, then the only alternative is to grow apart. You know what I mean? So growing apart and growing out of love is two, two separate things, in my opinion. Um, awesome. Yeah, but well, I, being the person on the on the on the call who's actually experienced it, let me go ahead and step in a little bit here. <laughs> um, I, uh, I while I see what you're saying, I know. Ah, it's interesting. I, I do tell people that I feel that we grew out of love, but I do also position it as we we grew apart, and that we we started to. And it's funny, I don't necessarily think we had different goals, you know what I mean? But at the same time, the tension that grew over time and, and the, the lacking of ability to, to really, at the end of the day, feel that we could tolerate each other's space, the way that's, that's what, what, it, what it grew into was really what created whatever, whatever allowed whatever to go away. And that's 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 a fair point. I, I totally agree with it with exactly what you just said because a lot of times people want to say, Well, we grew up love this. Well, my thing is that when you're talking about something yoked, so go back to the simplest form of two ox being yoked together, working mm -hmm. a field. Like they're pulling a burden, with their burden is the plow behind them. They they have a job to do, their job is to plow the field. Now, mm -hmm. if one ox is taller than the other, the taller ox is gonna carry more weight. If one's shoulders are bigger, he's going to carry the weight more, right? And at certain times, it parallels human beings. There's certain times in a relationship where you're going to have to shoulder more responsibility, more um, whatever it can be. It may be finances. It may be um, house duties. It may be the relationship as a whole. There's different – all aspects of being equally yoked, right? Um, but when it comes down to if that person or that one ox – is carrying it all the time, the ox becomes tired. And after a while, the ox is going to stop working and stop putting forth the effort because this brother here is not pulling their weight, right? And I think anybody, any human being can say, whether you're talking about a personal relationship, a work relationship, um, financial, uh, a business venture, whatever, they can pretty much say, if you've been with somebody else, that at some point in time, either you were lacking or you were the one pulling the weight. But how do you compromise? How do you compensate then? Because at some point in time, there may be a certain time in my life where I'm not able to physically 
pull my weight anymore like I have been for the first 10 years of the relationship. Maybe something happens physically and I'm not able to, and um, I can't get up and do everything I used to or whatever the case may be, right? But then that person steps up and pulls the weight. But that unequal um, pulling of the weight, pulling of the burden causes resentment. It causes um, questioning what's going on and cause, and that, that causes the growing apart. So yeah, I, I, again, I don't think that it's a lack. I personally don't believe there's a lack of growing out of love. I think that, that growing apart is a natural process of that burden bearing that's not being shared equally. And that may be manifested in other relationships. It may be in just growing apart and be your interest is in everything else you're doing and not in the relationship itself. It may be that um, it's just focused on the kids and not um, the relationship as a whole. I, I can't tell you how many people I know, I've known over the years and students I've had over the years, that it comes to the point where it's like, as soon as they're old enough to I guess the parents realize when the kids are old enough, they're like, okay, we can't do this no more. We're separating. And the kids are looking at like, wait, what? Yeah, that, that, that's what my parents did pretty much as soon as I got to college. Hallelujah. Right. Holla back. You're like, you're the only three that hold, holding this together. And that happens to a lot of families. But I, I look, a lot of families, and not families as much, couples do not have proper dialogue and really do not. Um, have full dialogue in, in full open understanding of what's going on. Too many people hide too much insignificant stuff from their significant other and, and allow little things to build into bigger things that are, you know, foolish. But next thing you know, five, 10 years down the line and they find out and now it's a bigger issue and they think that you're a liar over something insignificant right. and, and it just creates more problems. I, I think that just dialogue and conversation in general, especially in relationships, is another lost art, right? Like too many people it definitely is. And and especially now because of the superficial society that we live in with everyone trying to floss and uh, you know, be this superhuman online to only find out that wait a minute, you live in, you know, your mom's basement. <laughs> which there's nothing wrong with it but if people would be more confident in whatever troubles or toils that they have going on and just live their life as themselves as opposed to the constant um struggle and attempt to be so much more and and not be accepting of what the the cards that you've been dealt and in, in understanding and how to move your deck forward it's just uh it's it's interesting that's what is the demise of a lot of relationships and there are many who only have the children hanging on as the thread, the, the main piece that allows them to continue communication. And it really isn't even communication. It's just what allows them to stay in the same house. To tolerate each other. Yeah. Yep, to, to just keep it moving, to just tolerate enough that, okay, as soon as they 18 though, and they get, as soon as they get to college, psh, guess what? We done, homie. We out. Like, you're I think in the fate. Look, go ahead, Jay. No, no, you go. I think I think that um like looking at what it even means to be like equally yoked, like when you are looking at it, I think something that, that BJ kept hitting on was like carrying that burden. And sometimes I think in relationships we don't look at what that means in the sense of what I'm carrying and what that person's carrying. Maybe I'm better with the finances, you know what I mean? And maybe that person's better with um I don't know, groceries or cooking, you know what I mean? So uh that can be equally yoked. And I think a lot of times we look at 
what I'm doing as as the individual and what they're not doing. And I think that that can create that tension that that then all of a sudden the burden isn't being carried equally, quote unquote, because in your eyes or your perspective, they're not doing their part. But I think that self-awareness and knowing that you are 100% by yourself and anything else is adding on to it, you know, like going back to what Fresh was saying about um, about being um, being comfortable in yourself, being you know 100% with you. When you're able to come come into it with that, and then that's when you can like the analogy that BJ said, pull the uh, you know plow the field, if you will, together as one, as opposed to being too short, being too tall, and going separate ways. I think it's also a concept, um, kind of like equality and equity. So it, it may not always be the same, but you have to have those conversations to understand, okay, when am I going to plow more? When are you going to plow more? When am I going to take a break? When are you going to take a break? Um, I think it's kind of a combination of what we all said in terms of having the conversations about the little insignificant things. So it doesn't get to a point where there's assumptions and then you sitting there like, I've been plowing every day for this whole week. And you ain't plow nothing, but you don't say it. And because you don't right. say it, and the other person is thinking, all right, well, you want to plow, so I'm chill. Yep, right. That's right. the thing, right? With like, like you were saying with cooking, Jay, that you'll have the person who cooks, but and the other person isn't the greatest cook, so they automatically just default to well, they can cook their ass off. It's easy, like you know, let, let them just cook. Go ahead and right. let them cook, mm-hmm. and don't realize that the other person's over there, like. I would do anything. You just not go cook. Yeah. Like, really? This is what we this is what we doing now? You just not cooking nothing. You just right. hanging and, and and it's but it's about having that conversation and understanding that I, I don't care that you don't cook as as good as I do. It does make me feel good though when you cook for me. It it's doesn't taking matter. the responsibility off of me for a change and helping nope. out. That's that's nope. really, it's not about what, that's what, yeah. I don't care what it is. Point. I don't care if you if you make McDonald's. <laughs> I think yeah, but at the end of it, man, like equal yoke doesn't mean equal. I think it means uh, you know bringing together what wow. you have and what you have and what right. the person have, and you yep. know bringing that together. Right. And it doesn't even have to be a good job. I mean, if you think both of y'all put in the same way, plant the field, it could be y'all zigzag, scribble, yeah, it, it, it don't it, matter. We have it, fun. It's a marathon is <laughs> a marathon, not a sprint. And, and right. understanding that we're here for the, the, the distance and not thinking about just this, this one length of the field that we're plowing. But now nah, we got this whole big thing to plow. It's going to take some time. And by the time we get to where is the quote-unquote finish, we're actually back to the beginning to start all over again and keep right. on doing this thing. What you, what you so say, you Fred, it's a uh, it's a complex gumbo. <laughs> it is a complex gumbo. It's <laughs> that, but it my you, own wizardry on myself. Because <laughs> that field, you, you have to get done no matter how you do them. Like Mike said, zigzag, left, right, it doesn't matter. Up, down, it doesn't matter. But that field should be a shared vision, a shared dream between whoever's plowing it. And then that's the other part. So I have my vision of how we should do it. You have yours and we never communicate. So you're trying to pull left. I'm trying to go straight and we're fighting each other in the process. We're, not, we're, we're fighting each other, tying each other out and not going toward our goal, especially if that goal was determined mutually. And then all of a sudden it's like we're splitting up. It was usually yep. the same side or different sides to the same coin. So I'm saying heads, you're saying tails, but we still a quarter. So yep. just yep. had a conversation, yep. check your egos at the door. And Understand that that um, a, a uh, difference of opinion does not need to be a confrontation. That mm-hmm. it is okay to have um, 
a debate. It is okay to have differences of opinion. It is okay to not agree. It doesn't mean that it needs to turn violent or it needs to be, you know, calling names or acting like somebody else is retarded just because they don't believe in your point of view. There are many sane people who don't think like you. Just know that, America. You think you should be allowed to have technicals and relationships? That'd be fantastic. Like technical fouls? I mean, we were talking about they got technicals and 10-year-old basketball games. You can't call oh, a tech on your girl. Maybe Absolutely. that's like a coach's there, challenge. There, there you are cannot things. call your tech on your girl. There has to be. There has to be. And I yeah. think Will Smith might have said it on a red table talk. There has to be lines that cannot be crossed. Uh, so is that a tech or is that a challenge red flag? Well, it, it's also that open dialogue. It's it's open understanding. And I mean, sometimes those things don't happen until they happen. Like, um, I have a thing with like getting like flicked in my ears, like little boy son style. Like, don't <laughs> do that stuff. To me. Right, 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 right. right. And, like, I will. It's like a, a trigger, like. I've right. had females do right. it just to joke around, and I'm like two mm-hmm. seconds from. Well, uh, uh, I know what to do next time we around. You know what I mean? But it's it's with that conversation of yo. When the first time it happens, hey, exactly. shut it down. Exactly. You can do some other slapping things or whatever, but like that is like the nah. I'm probably gonna try to fight you. <laughs> like we'll get into a space that you really are gonna be like, yo, this word is something f word. Oh, like I totally would understand, but real talk, you have to have that dialogue. Like hey, these call, are things that I don't, I don't tolerate. I just don't like it. And there's also the open understanding of, I understand that that's what you don't like, and I'm not gonna be a jerk and and use it to push your buttons. And, and to, you know, use it to manipulate you that I'm going to take that, understand that you've been nice enough to share and open enough to share with me something that is whatever that you're going to then use that as, okay, I'm going to make sure that I don't do that to them and, and don't use it to push their buttons. Unless we break up and do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to back up a little word. I want to back up a little bit to the actual yoke because I think that's a concept that is – uh, may often be quoted, but is more often under, misunderstood. Um, and the value in what that yoke actually means and entails. How do you even yoke yourself equally? Because I, I don't even know that I see it as an equal. I think, Jay, you just said that. I think it, it's, it's flexible. Um, and, I don't you know, think it's, yeah, I don't think it's about trying to do it equally as much as it is the open dialogue of understanding the the main goal in the course that we're on in, in, in having those conversations of when you or the other one is feeling that they're doing, you know, they're, they're, they're taller, they're taking more, their, their shoulders are broader for that moment, that there's still those conversations of our common push in the understanding, just like with the cooking. Hey, I know I cook all the time, but it'd be great if you cooked, you know what I mean? And, and I'm seeing it as something bigger, bigger than you just cooking for me. It's a bigger picture that's going on than just you making. And that's what I want to talk about, because I think it's the bigger picture that is often missed because you talk about, you know, what is equally shared as far as these actions or this cooking or this cleaning and stuff. Um, But misunderstanding right there, right? because there, you know, even times in my own household, especially under this dental school stuff that is going to be over in the next 45 days, but you know, one seconds. <laughs> but through, throughout the process, there are certain things that you just kind of have to shoulder. You got, you have to bear. 
And so I think that big picture is the yoke. You know what I'm saying? That is right. what you got. That's what ties you together. And if you have an understanding of the big picture, yes, there's communication that has to happen. So that way, you know, you're, you're flexible in this, right? Um, but that is the, the piece that I think is often misunderstood because it's not something that happens overnight. Um, and even when you think you have an understanding of it, some, something will happen. Some things will happen and it just completely changes. It's just like plowing like that field. It's yeah. just like plowing that field, bro. Like you never know. You could, you could plow the same path and all of a sudden the rock has gotten there or, or something. You know what I mean? That it's, it's the exact same thing. I, and I always stress, like life is a long lesson with yourself or with somebody else, anything like you're always going to be learning. And every time that you think that you've got it figured out, you're going to find out that you don't know Jack, but that's, that's part of what this thing is. It's, it's, it's the, the continued movement and ability to navigate safely without killing yourself. It's really all it falls, you know what I mean? Breaks down to and in that constant motion and your ability to, you know, have this compromise with another being knowing that, they're, they're, the, the bigger picture is just happiness, right? There's like, you can try to define it with, you know, a better job or, you know, living mm-hmm. longer, than, but really, you know, it's happiness and in, in longevity in, in, the, in the pursuit of that and being able to keep moving on a path that, that creates positive energy and allows you and that other person, whether you create offspring or not, but to continue to tolerate and, and hopefully make not just yourselves but also society as whole a better a better place for you know people and everything moving on and so it's that understanding but that constant dialogue and pursuit of i'm on a pursuit of happiness so that 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 piece did you mention though because like for instance your 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 situation is perfect because right now the goal or the field that needs to be tended to is finishing dental school Right. And what that's going to do for you and your family. Now, the yoke could be the cooking. It could be the cleaning. It could be kid care, picking them out of school, running errands, all those different things. Now, again, that 45 days is a limited amount of time compared to what the big scope was. Mm-hmm. Now, the goal is to get her through dental school to move on to the next step. That's a, a agreed, agreed upon goal that you guys are working toward and you're supporting her with. Now, if that means shouldering some of the those items, the cooking, cleaning, things like that, while she's doing that, that is picking up the slack for that time. I say slack. I don't mean she's slacking. I mean, in terms of the yoke carrying the burden, right? Um, but people will get it mixed up, just like you said. They see the cooking as the task. They see the cleaning or the kid care as the task or the end goal, and that's not what it is. So, yeah, so, like, so for that, like, and I think even in what you just said, so for me, those things aren't the yoke you know what i'm saying the yoke is the the big picture you know what i'm saying that getting through the dental school and if we are connected and seeing that happen everything else through whatever frustrations conversations actions whatever is necessary will get taken care of because we at the our core know one we not really trying to leave each other and two we know this is what needs to get accomplished and we're going to be mature adults about getting these things accomplished yeah. So that and that that similar situation was kind of what came for me almost came to a head and was like okay we had to have a conversation and get this on point now. Um, my situation when when I went back to school um, a couple years ago, and then again the the cooking and all that stuff is, is just something that I've grown to do. Like it is what it is, but 
the frustrating part became when, so come on for work, helping kids with homework, cooking dinner, spending time with the kids, starting my studying probably eight, nine o'clock at night, plus other stuff that I'm already involved in and, and finish up stuff. But then the goal was to get out of, to finish all of this and get done with school so I can get back to just regular life, right? But the frustration for me came was that, well, it then became, well, you're not carving out time for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but from the time I walk in the door until one, two, three o'clock in the morning, I'm doing homework. What slack is being taken up there to give me to free up more time? Mm-hmm. And it became a point where I was getting resentful for it. Mm-hmm. And they got to the point where like, this, this is not going to happen no more. Mm-hmm. And but again, but I have to, I had to stop and also think about what was on the opposite side and feelings and things like that. Not that I was neglecting it, but at that point in time, these were things that we sat down and said, hey, "Okay, this I was going to do this for this set period of time. It was going to happen." But I felt that like I had no room to breathe, no room for error for anything. So if, if I didn't go home and cook, clean, or do whatever else, it wasn't going to get done. And I think that's where it's kind of you have to be mindful of the big picture because we get so much in the individual today of what I'm doing that I've been out here doing this all day that you tend to make assumptions for what you perceive the other person's feelings and rationale and thoughts are. Mm -hmm. And you don't have that conversation because you're having that conversation in your head. And you're assuming what the response is going to be. So you continue to have that argument in your head to the point where they walk in, you're already pissed off and you ain't even asked the thing think about what the hell was going on. Man, them conversations your head be rough, man. You be walking in with that too, like, man. Yep. <laughs> if you're already <laughs> one of them people that just talk right. to yourself all day, right. anyway, like, they all out. I'll just know. You didn't been all grumpy all day and like, <laughs> And it's a two-minute conversation that can completely change the, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even realize that I was doing that. I'm, let's figure it out. Let's go from there. Um, but I think that gets back to the point we're talking about growing apart because you don't have that conversation. And then you continue to make those excuses and those conversations within your head. Go to conversations with other people that aren't supportive of your relationship. And they don't give you the knock on the head to be like, you know what, just go ahead and have a conversation. I mean, or they don't understand. And that's the thing. People like, while relationships are all the same, they're all different. And, mm-hmm. and, and the intricacies of, of what got you to wherever you are, what point, people don't know all the stuff that, you know, you helped each other out with and, and all that to, to allow them to make a truly educated assumption on what path you should take. But at the same time, you have to be able to have that dialogue and, and work on being open. Your partner should, in all reality, be your best friend. They should be the person that you're able to talk to about anything and, and everything and feel comfortable and even telling them your darkest secrets as far as, you know, the time that you want to go and masturbate, whatever it is. But those types of things are like what you should be comfortable in feeling and, and, and describing and talking about with your spouse. It shouldn't be where it's it's only a one-sided conversation or that you're not able to fully get out all your feelings and, and express what you have going on. And if you're in a relationship where that's going on, it's probably not 
necessarily the best relationship for you to be in if you can't fully express yourself and feel comfortable doing what what you enjoy when you enjoy it how you enjoy it as long as you are not hurting you know someone else masturbation i'm good right now <laughs> but that's that's one of those things that people are very taboo and scared to talk about but yet that really should be a, a topic of conversation you're comfortable with with your spouse they should understand your sexuality what you like how you like to do it you know all of that good stuff but th that's just reality right like if you want a, a fully comfortable healthy relationship that's the way it, it is in the the ability to see people who are in those types of relationship versus the the what seems to be more of the norm of people who hide things and don't tell the full truth and don't really give their spouse the full them and and and, and you know put on these facades of what they do and what they like as opposed to seeing those couples who are free and 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 even when there are arguments they're they're just <laughs> you know, dialogues. They're they're not full blown like, yo, we're we're breaking up. It's just a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and that before people actually go ahead and jump the broom though is is part of it. Because once you do that, then people put other um restrictions, I guess, for lack of a better word, in a relationship. Because once they do that, it's like and I, I, I tell, go back to my mindset. It's easy, easier just to say. My mindset was, we're not crossing that bridge unless we get this conversation down and have this in order. Because as as wrong as you want to tell me it is that we're living together, we we have the kids, and everything like that. But it's even worse to do that and then talk about divorce, one, two, five years down the line. In my personal opinion, Grant, I know it's not popular opinion. But it's easier to figure out, okay, this is not going to happen before we do that than afterwards. And it yeah, brings me back to an earlier point that uh, I, I forget who said it. It might have been you, Fresh, but about hiding from your significant other, right? And that's exactly what you're talking about. But to do that, you got to go to a space that most people just aren't comfortable with being that mm -hmm. type of vulnerable. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, it takes some time. It takes some, you know, extreme effort. But you got to get there. If you're talking about this is the person you're going to, you know. Spend well, I, I think most people don't know and understand truly what love is and have a lot of lust that they experience in their life that they assume is love and don't really understand um, the true meaning and, and truly what it is. I think that a lot of people, especially if you are someone who does not receive a lot of attention or any attention at all, like any attention that you're given can lead to you having the false sense of loving someone. And it's really just you lust for the fact that you're getting some attention. And mm -hmm. that's a big yeah. that people don't realize that just because someone likes you or someone did something for you, or even just because you like them doesn't necessarily mean that you're in love and really like in, in love in a spiritual connection where when you are in love, it's comfortable to be able to be open Exactly. that that's the difference is people when you feel that you are uncomfortable and you feel that oh man if i tell them such and such this might create some other you know type of tension more than likely you're really not in love you are lusting after that person because in a love situation you have 
a freeing spirit of the ability to to know that like even though we'll, we'll figure out how to get over this hurdle even though it might be crazy for them to hear i still know that the the feelings will allow us to have the dialogue and conversation to figure out how we can move past it mm-hmm. it's also I think, I think fear that, being no, alone. Okay. i mean it's also a fear of being alone because even if i start to realize that i do lust for this person if i say something and they flip yep. out then i'm gonna be by myself so i'm not gonna say anything at all and just deal with what i'm involved in self-love and, and even even you know combining both of those and that's i think that people don't have a real sense of a real sense of self you know what i mean that's what it comes that's what it really, really boils down to because I don't really care about doing what I want to do, saying what I want to say, or being myself if I truly love me. Or I don't really care about being alone. What uh, what what uh, Big Sean say? If you love yourself, you know you never be alone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like at, at the end of the day, if you like I said a couple like a little bit ago, when you know that you're a hundred solo, and anybody else that comes onto that, it's just additional. Like you don't make me happy. You add to yep. happiness. You know what I mean? There's a difference in that saying. So. Uh, but no, 100%. I think you have to have an idea of self and where you can bring that into the relationship. That's when it you know, blossoms. And that's the yoke, ladies and gentlemen. Before we get up out of here, we got to hit Be Fresh for the Fresh Biz <laughs> and Jiggy J Dace for the health and wellness for your mind before we get up out of here. Fresh, what you got? Fresh and Biz this week, ladies and gentlemen. Um, use professionals. And they can either be professionals as in an accountant, uh, a lawyer. You know, a lot of people take on a lot of tasks that you shouldn't when you are on your entrepreneurial endeavors, that there are people in apps as well. Something like, um, what do I want to call it? Uh, what's the invoicing app? QuickBooks, where yep. utilizing something as simple as QuickBooks that allows you to invoice properly and actually can, um, you know, tie into your accounting and, and everything else. These are tools that will help you be more successful. My advice to you is to go ahead and utilize them. So again, whether it is an application, um, do research on Google where you can find apps that will help you, whatever your business is. Um, I like to use catering for instance, but if you are a caterer, right, there are apps that will help you with your catering, whether it's for making recipes or for being able to interact with your clientele, whatever may have you. If you do um, research online, you can find both apps in professionals that can help you. So all the way down the line, accounting, lawyers, um, QuickBooks, whatever it is, utilize outside outside resources and and get the job done. Number one entrepreneur ninja. There it is, J-Days, what you got for the peak? Yo, um, define what defines you, right? Like, you got to look at yourself and really ask yourself these questions. Like, is the number on the scale what defines me? Or is, is my waistline what defines me? Is the person that I see in the mirror, is that what, you know what I mean? Like the way that their, their, their body is formed or, or you know, necessarily, I want to say misformed, but uh, shaped in a way, is that what defines you? And, and when you define what it is that actually defines you, that's when you take the control. That's when you take the power. So really take you know take a step step back and look at that and ask yourself what's actually making me who I am and uh you know approach it from that perspective 
There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, remember you can get this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. You can catch the videos on YouTube and Vimeo each and every week. We drop this thing on Fridays. Uh, make sure you stay connected with us on all social media platforms at 134, please. Um, and leave it in the comments each and every week. Like, let us know what you think of the show. BJ, go ahead and wrap us up, baby. I get the I get the pleasure of wrapping up this week. Yeah. Hey. All on my shoulders. I get to carry that yoke, right? <laughs> Before I wrap it up, I do want to ask something, man, because we're coming that time of year real quick. Um, just a quick education connection because um one of the yokes that families should be pulling together right now overall is the education. So if you got kids um coming up in testing season right now, make sure you're having a conversation with them. Um, I'm having more and more conversation with families, left and right parents, um, and telling me that their kids are experiencing anxiety, whether that be test anxiety, just being in school and just time limit anxiety, just, just so much is going on that is being constant conversation with your kids, um, know what's going on know what's ask questions of the teachers. If you don't know what questions to ask, go find somebody, um, seek somebody out, drop questions here. We can try to help point you in the right places there because there's a lot of kids who are anxious about things that are going on days, um, nowadays, and it's not really translating to what they're capable of doing. Um, I've had this several times the last couple of weeks and it's been on my mind. Um, so from time to time, we're gonna drop a new education connection from every night, not every week, but every now and then if things come up. But please check in, testing season come up, talk to them, keep them like, look, it's not about the test, it's about showing what they know and just taking it easy and doing the best that they can, man. At the end of the day, it's showing what they know, and not we're not gonna stress out over these tests. I'll be the first person to tell people that. But to wrap it up for this yoke, right? So we're out here today, and again, this yoke can be carried in any aspect of our life, whether it's relationships, um, partnerships, whatever the case may be, in business, whatever we're doing. Um, but I think that the main theme throughout this whole conversation has been communication, and communication is being vulnerable, but also being open at the same time. And knowing that your feelings make you hurt sometimes, you may not take you may take things the wrong way, and somebody else may take it the wrong way as well. But being comfortable in yourself, like Jadis was just saying, comfortable with yourself enough to understand who you are, what you're about, but have that open dialogue across the board. Because without that, you're always going to feel that angst. You're going to feel that your burden is going to weigh you down so much, and it will make you sick. It will get you to the point where. I mean, you're dreading walking through the door. You're, you're having um, heart problems. You're having high blood pressure. You're having all these things going on, and it will eat you alive inside out. And that's not the way we should live our lives in any of the situation. We are meant to walk in a purpose. Whatever that purpose is for each individual is up for you to find. But if you're with a partner, if that's that spouse, that's with um, your mate, whatever it is right now, your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, as you're building, talk about these things, carry the yoke, help each other out. But remember, the yoke is the the little is the big picture. What are you two working for? Are you working towards that business together? Are you working towards finishing school and supporting why you're in there? Whatever that may be, have those conversations and and just be open with it. Be and be willing to be vulnerable. That's all I got for you, there. Hey man, that was excellent, man. We are out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Channeling, man, channeling, channeling, Mr. Channeling. B.J. Garvey. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. We down here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. Holla at the play when you see it.
the 13th floor. The 13th floor. The 13th floor.